At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the great peterson experience on vsin the sports betting network Hey, Happy New Year out here on the West Coast. If you're out here in lovely Las Vegas, Nevada, much like myself, it is the new year. I have no idea if we're going to see people behind me once we wind up going to myself, just celebrating, going absolutely crazy. Apparently not. We might have seen a board behind me. We might have seen all these TVs. But with that said, it is a new year, 2022. Hopefully, we might have seen fewer postponed and canceled games than we've seen the last two years. That is my New Year's hope, as you are right here on the Greg Peterson Experience, right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. So, I pretty much I have the role of Ryan Seacrest here, because Ryan Seacrest always does like the New Year's special that you might have seen on all those networks, and I am very honored to be a part of that. My fiance asked me why I would want to do that, and all I said was, why wouldn't you want the role of Ryan Seacrest? I mean, the guy is amazing, so... I am feeling very good about that. And with that said, we've got a good final hour here on the Greg Peterson Experience. We're going to be looking at all these bowl games that we're going to be having for New Year's. I'm going to be giving you guys my pick on all five of them with regards to the spread. Don't necessarily have as much when it comes to the totals. We're going to be starting that with however long this rant winds up going in this first segment about New Year's resolutions because I've got some thoughts and you're going to enjoy them in about a minute or so. But from there, we're going to be diving into the college football betting board. And if you want to missing my New York post pick in the first hour, we're going to be refreshing that, give you a little bit of what I like with regards to the college basketball card. And hey, my New Year's gift to you, Coast to Coast Hoops. Just wanted to post thing on Twitter. So we are all good there. Wherever you hear podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, got you covered on every single game on the betting board. But I know that my wonderful producer, Brian Ortega, came to me and he said, you know what? We need to do some New Year's resolutions. And I do agree because, I mean, every single show, they do New Year's resolutions, whatever magazine, whatever you're listening to, watching, what have you, you always hear about New Year's resolutions. It's a new year. It's a new you. This is all a big, giant load of crap. I mean, how many times have you done a New Year's resolution and you don't wind up sticking to it? I mean, I cannot stand the fact that we wind up pushing new year's resolutions it's a big giant waste of money when it comes to sports betting why is it that now that the calendar is turned to january 1st should you be doing something new than what you've been doing already if it's been profitable now 
If you've been unprofitable with regards to your sports betting, you should be doing that. But you shouldn't just be doing it because now the calendar is January 1st. I mean, what's the significance about January 1st as opposed to January 15th, January 31st, December 15th? I mean, if you're sports betting and things are not necessarily going well, why wait until January 1st? Why not just address it right away? Or if things are going great, why wind up deviating from it? I mean, it's just one of these circumstances in which so many people, they tell you how to bet. They always tell you, oh, I like this. Oh, why are you doing a parlay, this and that? And I can tell you right now, I think the parlays are absolute garbage. Whenever you wind up seeing any sort of a sports book, sponsor a type of bet, it's very clear that they want you to be able to bet that, not because they are losing money, just a little bit of something there. But with that said, I mean, if you're having great success betting parlays, why should you allow other people to tell you not to bet parlays? Because, I mean, if you personally are having success with it, if you've got a system where you are able to identify like two or three games every single day that you're making money on, why let people tell you that you need to bet more, you need to bet less? It should be all about what brings you success. You should not be concerned with absolutely anyone else on the face of planet Earth. Never, ever fall into the trap of letting someone else do what pretty much just dictate what you wind up doing because if you personally are having success with it, go for it. And I mean, I feel like I'm giving a little bit of a life lesson right here because you can translate this to sports betting. I mean, I'm someone that I was really striking out with the ladies in the beginning part of my life. I am now a very happily engaged gentleman. So I mean, it wound up happening for me. And I mean, there were so many times in which I set a New Year's resolution of, oh, I've got to find myself a relationship. I've got to drop weight, everything like that. I actually used to weigh 215 pounds at high school, if you can believe that. But I mean, it didn't come because of New Year's resolution. I wanted to say New Year's resolutions. Those things were garbage. I mean, I never stuck with them. If you wind up signing up for a gym membership, you are probably going to be lighting your money on fire. You're going to notice that the gym is going to be very, very packed the first three weeks. And then from there, it's going to be dead because nobody ever sticks with it because they wind up trying to do too much at one time. And that is something that is very important with your sports betting as well. If you're someone that you are doing a great job of being able to handicap, like we're going to throw out there, Ivy League basketball, for example, you do a good job. That is your bread and butter. You are making money there. You are able to identify these teams. You're hitting everything. But if you wind up going off the map, you aren't necessarily doing a great job. Why should you wind up deviating from that anymore? Why should you wind up taking on any more? Meanwhile, if you're having, like, let's call it what it is, a lack of success when it comes to Ivy League basketball, but you're doing a great job with literally every other sport. Why do you feel the need to be able to take that on rather than just sticking with what is good for you? And if you are looking to add something to your handicapping, because as we know, books are offering more and more these days. I mean, just a few years ago, we didn't have a whole lot of player props that were available with regards to the NFL, NBA. That has certainly become a much bigger market. We have seen more with regards to same same game parlays. I am not one that is ever going to advise the same game parlay personally, but I know that there are some people that do. There are people that wind up having success with it. If you're looking to dive into something a little bit different, do what's called a trial run. This is something where you wind up tracking your results. You wind up writing down, okay, I would take like line X said, we're going to just say Villanova. We were willing to lay a point with Villanova against Seton Hall, for example. You wind up saying, okay, I wind up taking this overnight. The line wound up moving in my favor, and I wound up hitting it. Terrific. That's very good. You wind up tracking those for a weekend. If you look down, you're like, hey, I'm 20 and 12. If I would be betting these, I'd be making money. Great. 
put some money down on it. You wind up adding that to the, your repertoire. And from there, you're able to start having that with regards to your handicapping toolbox for a little bit of a lack of a better term. If things wind up being a colossal disaster, let's say that you wind up getting killed, you wind up going five and 20. You probably don't want to be adding that. But with that as well, sometimes these ball sample sizes, some of these things that you wind up trying out, sometimes you might have something that's working, but you're just not getting the results. Because as we know, when it comes to sports betting, this is not a short-term thing. If you're expecting any person on the face of planet Earth to not have bad days, bad weeks, I mean, heck, bad quarters. There, It happens with every single better in every single sport. If you wind up just having a little bit of a rough patch, you want to see, okay, why did this wind up happening? If you wind up doing your trial run and you wind up going like 10 and 20, for instance, and you wind up having five games in which you wind up losing your bet because a dude wound up launching a half-court shot, you were covering up until you launched a half-court shot and it wound up going in, you wound up having Murphy's Law, you had to beat much like I did in 2021 where you wound up having Vanderbilt versus Temple, 89 points scored with a buck 30 left. Somehow, someway, it goes over the total of 133 because you get 25 points in the final minute, and then you wind up having overtime. Can you tell that I'm a little bit salty about that? That's one that you chalk up as a little bit of an outlier. You call it a good, you call it a good call that didn't wind up just going your way, and you wind up moving on from there. You wind up gauging that. Meanwhile, if you wind up having a bet that hits, if you wind up having the over in that game, you shouldn't be like, oh yeah, we did an absolutely terrific job, exactly how I drew it up. 89 points in the first 38 and a half minutes. And then from there, we wind up getting a barrage of scoring. Somehow, someway, Team X winds up erasing an eight-point deficit to be able to force overtime. And we get there by the hair on our chinny-chin-chin with regards to the over. That's not what you want to be doing either. But when it comes to just your sports betting in general, don't wind up making rash changes because now it's 2022. If you're looking to dive into a little bit of a new sport, what have you, do so very slowly and cautiously. Something that I always talk about when it comes to college basketball. I mentioned this because when it comes to my college basketball podcast, you see it every single day with picks and analysis during the season, but it also runs during the off season because I'm always gauging a lot of these players that they are transferring, these coaching moves, just what we wind up seeing in general with regards to injuries that wind up happening in the off season. And it's a big reason and a big reason why is just because I always throw this out there. Bets that are won during the season with regards to your handicap of any sport. It could be the NFL. It could be the college basketball. It could be just the NHL. If you're looking for a little bit more of an exotic market, you're able to throw it in here. Bets that are won during the season are won through preparation and just being able to have conviction with regards to what you're doing, being able to track things on a day-in and day-out basis, both during the season and in the offseason. Now, I know that there are some of you guys that, when it comes to handicapping a sport, some of you guys are looking for a little bit of a data set before you wind up diving in. I know that there's a lot of people when it comes to college basketball, they really don't dive in until conference play because they want to take a look at, okay, here's what we're getting with regards to points on a per possession basis. I don't trust the numbers from last year. I want to see what's actually happening this year. You got new faces in new places. You've got coaches that wind up shifting programs, what have you. That's perfectly fine. You still want to be taking a look in the off season to see, okay, what is going on here? Have we seen some rule changes that could wind up having a little bit of an impact on things? What have you? So I think that it is very, very important to be taking this sort of a mindset when it comes to things and never, ever just buy into something that someone is just trying to ram down your throat. Just always stay true to who you are. Now, there is such thing as just taking some helpful advice. There's taking a look in places to 
be able to gather information. I do this all the time when it comes to college basketball. I always try to take a look at, okay, is there maybe something that I'm missing when it comes to my handicapping? Is there some place where I'm just not necessarily meeting the mark, for lack of a better term? And there is stuff that I want to be implementing a little bit more. Like I'm taking a look at just percentage of block rate, which is the percentage of shots that a team winds up blocking on a per possession basis, what have you. I've been taking a look at that a little bit more with regards to my handicapping, and I've been having a little bit more success with that. But with that said, stay true to who you are. It is a new year. That doesn't mean that you need to fall into some bad diet or some bad when it comes to sports betting. Hopefully, I got you guys fired up. New Year's resolutions are bad. Doing things just because you want to, very, very good. And coming up next, I do want to take a look at this college football betting board and give you guys some picks and analysis on it. So we're going to be taking a look at the New Year's Day games next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Today's episode of the Ron Flyter Racing Pod features a talk about Sprint Star Flight Line with owners Costa Coronas along with trainer John Sadler. Legacy Equine Academy's Ron Mack is going to be talking about expanding diversity in racing. And VEASAN's Vinny Maliulo of Gone Gaming handicaps this weekend's races, including Kentucky Derby preps. You're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts for this iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or you're able to download it at VEASAN.com slash podcast. And the Ron Flyer Racing Podcast is sponsored by First Bet. As we are back here in lovely Las Vegas, more specifically circa here in the grand new year of 2022 for the Greg Peterson experience with myself, Greg Peterson. And hopefully you guys enjoy my rant on how New Year's resolutions are complete and utter garbage and how you should just be doing things that are successful for you. And if things are needing a change, don't just do it because it's January 1st. Just do things because you want to. So hopefully that helped you out both in your sports betting and just in life in general. Now let's take a look at everything that we've got because it is New Year's. It is going to be a very grand time of things, and we've got a lot of bowl games that are going to be going down on this January 1st. How about if we start with the early one? This would be the Outback Bowl. I can go for a blooming onion right now, and one of these two teams, hopefully they are going to be consuming a lot of them after a victory. You've got Arkansas finding themselves a three-point favorite 
and your total on this game, you're going to get anywhere between a 48 and a half and a 49. And when it comes to Arkansas, they wanted coming out of the gates very, very strong this season. But I fear that this team wanted maybe peaking a little bit too early. You wound up seeing them towards back half of the season having a little bit of a fall. Now, Penn State has had some opt-outs. They've been dealing with some injuries. So it certainly has been a case in which we have seen a little bit of a flip of favorites as Penn State wound up opening up as the favorite in this spot. And I think that there is a lot of value when it comes to Penn State. I am personally going to be taking a look at them on the money line. You've got a Arkansas team that they are no doubt a team that's looking to play quite a bit more of an offense-oriented style. And Penn State, they really do a good job of being able to hang their hat on defense. So I think that this is going to be a very intriguing matchup, to say the least. Now, when it comes to Penn State, you do wind up having quite a few guys that are going to be out the fold. And a lot of these guys are going to be on defense. Guys like Ellis Brooks along to Quan Brisker, you're not going to be seeing them out there. It looks like Brandon Smith is going to be out the fold as well. And then Jahan Dotson, he was the leading receiver. He was able to have right around 91 receptions, a little bit over 1,200 yards. He is going to be out of the fold. So a lot of these key guys for Penn State, they are going to be out. When it comes to Arkansas, it's just a team which I wanted souring on towards back half of the season. Now, KJ Jefferson has been able to do a nice job when it comes to this team. You got KJ Jefferson throwing for 21 touchdowns and three interceptions. So no question, he has been able to get the job done with that aspect. He has completed at least 72% of his passes in each out of the last four weeks. So I do think that he's going to be able to do a relatively solid job in this game. But I still think that Penn State, despite the opt-outs, the second stringers, the guys that are a little bit more backups are going to be able to step up. And this is a team that still has most of their secondary intact as well. And when it comes to Penn State, we've noticed that John Clifford has been able to do a good job of being able to rein things in. He has been doing a nice job when it comes to just not turning the ball over in general. This is a guy that has not thrown an interception since October. Now, obviously, didn't wind up playing any games in the month of December. And it is a case in which the Penn State line is not necessarily what it used to be. He has suffered at least three sacks in four of the last five games that he has played in. But I do think that with Clifford, he is going to be able to do a solid job in this game of being able to find guys other than his main wide receivers going to be out of the fold to be able to step up because this is a Penn State team that they typically are a team that they look to run the ball a little bit more. And I think that they're going to be getting back to their roots a little bit. You've got someone like Akivon Lee who's been able to do a solid job. He and Noel Kane have been the main two rushers for this team. Kane is a little bit more of a between the tackles, get like three yards in a cloud of dust sort of guy. Meanwhile, if you take a look at Lee, this is someone who has been a little bit more of the home run hitter for this team, getting a 15 plus yard rush in three out of the last four games for this team, averaging right around four and a half yards per carry. So has been able to do a solid job there. I do think that when it comes to Penn State as well, a team that they are going to be a little bit depleted with regards to just their front seven. So going to be able to get some relatively solid pressure on what we're going to be seeing with Arkansas. And when it comes to Arkansas as well, this is a defense that I do have my question marks with. You did wind up seeing them just give up a whole boatload of points in the SEC. Now, when it comes to the SEC, obviously, you've got some of the best offenses out there in all football. If I'm leaning anywhere, I am leaning towards the over just because Penn State is a little bit more depleted when it comes to their defense. Meanwhile, other than Dotson, their main wide receiver, they do have relatively all their pieces out there when it comes to that side of the ball. But when it comes to Arkansas as well, I do think that they're going to be giving it up on the ground. Once again, I was mentioning the fact that Penn State has a good running back duo. And you've got an Arkansas team that they are giving up right around 157 yards on the ground, much better through the air. And Penn State, I still think that they're going to be able to do a good job of being able to lock down on this Arkansas run game. You have had Traylon Smith really be able to come on for the team right around five yards per carry. But he's been a guy that has really seen 
a decrease in usage in recent games as well. So I do think that that is going to be very interesting to see how Arkansas is going to be able to balance things out. I do think that Penn State is still going to be very hungry in this game. And when you do wind up seeing opt-outs, no doubt you wind up seeing a little bit of a fall-off with regards to some of the players that are going to be out there. But at the same time, it's an opportunity for a young guy that typically does not wind up getting a whole lot of opportunity. And I do think that they are going to be able to really thrive. So I do think that this is going to be a tremendous spot for Penn State. I think that they wind up winning this game outright. Going to be taking them on the money line with the opt-outs of Penn State. I do think that it's going to cause for a little bit more scoring, even though Penn State is not going to be necessarily so lethal in the past. I think that they're going to do a good job of covering up an Arkansas team that has not been necessarily the world's greatest at being able to bottle up the run game. So it is a spot in which I would be taking a look at the over, but feel a little bit better about Penn State on the money line, which right now, finding in a lot of places, Right around 130, you might be finding a tad bit more, might be finding a tad bit less there. How about if we go to a very marquee game that we're going to be seeing go down in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl? This would be Oklahoma State and Notre Dame, and this is one of the tightest lines that you're seeing. In a lot of places right now, you are getting this game as a pick -em. There are some spots that have Notre Dame as a one-point favorite, other spots that have Oklahoma State as a one-point favorite, but got a relatively solid line here with your total at 45 and a half and we always talk about when it comes to gauging these bowl games motivation we take a look at just that aspect of things and i don't think that there could be any greater motivation than lining up hiring from within for this game now brian kelly is no question gone and he is now at lsu so you wind up seeing a little bit of a changing of the guard to mr freeman so i do think that it is going to be really interesting to see how marcus freeman is going to be able to get his team up for this game but with notre dame you're going to have relatively your full allotment of offensive pieces meanwhile when it comes to oklahoma state i think that it's going to be really fascinating to see what you wind up getting out of the running game of this team because you do have a guy in jalen warren who wound up rushing for 11 touchdowns this season he was able to do a solid job towards the front half of the season and in that game against ccu was able to rack up three touchdowns can be a little bit of a hit or miss guy so i think that that is something that you've got to be taking a look at and when it comes to this notre dame team jack cohen is someone that has been able to throw for 20 touchdowns and just six interceptions and was really able to rein it in late wound up having two interceptions in the final five games of the regular season and completed at least 74 percent of his passes in each of the last four as well this is a notre dame team that I mean, a lot of people forget going into the final week of the regular season, they weren't necessarily dead to be able to make the college football playoff. They actually wound up ranking in at number five. So this is a very rock solid team. Freeman, he's a very energetic guy. How that's going to be working out moving forward for Notre Dame, I have no idea. But typically when you see these rah-rah guys wind up coming in like a Marcus Freeman, you can tell that he is coaching with a lot of soul, with a lot of passion. Typically, that works out really, really well in a one-game circumstance. You've always got, like, the fallen man theory. I mean, you've got guys like, I mean, for lack of a better term, Dan Campbell of the Detroit Lions. Have the Detroit Lions been able to win a lot of games straight up? No, but you know what the Detroit Lions have been able to do? Make you a whole bunch of money if you've been able to bet on them against the spread. Typically, these guys that they wind up showing a lot of passion, they're able to get their teams to play above their heads a little bit, and I do think that that is going to be the case when it comes to the Notre Dame team. And when it comes to bowl games, I mean, just motivation is so big in these games just because you do wind up having some opt-outs. You do wind up having some guys that decide, you know what, no thanks, I am good. But I mean, you really didn't see that when it came to Notre Dame. A lot of the guys, they wind up saying, you know what, we're going to play for Marcus Freeman. We are not going to be opting out of this bowl game. And I think that that is very huge, no question. You got a couple guys on both sides that are going to be out of the fold. And when it comes to Oklahoma State as well, this is a team in which I just fear that they're going to wind up making the bad play. They're going to wind up turning the ball over. We wind up seeing them in that 
title game against Baylor. And they were still not dead when it came to the college football playoff in that spot as well. They just kept going for it on fourth down. They kept on not converting on it. They just wound up coming up short when it came to the red zone. I've been a lot of that on the quarterback, Spencer Sanders, someone who wound up having 16 touchdowns to 12 interceptions through four picks in that game against Baylor was an absolute killer through six overall interceptions in the last two games of the season. So I think that that's going to be a big giant issue. One of the less accurate passers out there in college football, right around 61.5% of his passes wound up getting completed. Now, when it comes to Oklahoma State, a very good team at being able to bottle up the ground, giving up right around 89 yards on the ground. But with that said, I do think that Notre Dame is going to be able to find a little bit of running room, but I do have confidence in Jack Cohen much more than Sanders in this spot. So I do take a look at this game. I think that Notre Dame should be able to get the job done. I personally wound up taking this while Notre Dame was more around a one-point favorite, but I mean, one-point favorite to a pick them. Pretty much you're banking on Notre Dame being able to get this game out right in. They're seeing some spots making Oklahoma State now the favorite as well. So I do like Notre Dame. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a defense-oriented game, but really no play on the total. We're going to continue doing on taking a look at these New Year's Bowl games next right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network, as it is the Great Peterson Experience. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have all sorts of podcasts currently available at vcin.com. If you miss any part of this show or anything else on the vcin schedule for today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You're able to catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, and a, a new edition of Coast to Coast Hoops. Line up posting 30 minutes and 30 seconds ago to rain in the new year. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever your podcast is. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson. Doing a little bit of everything in this hour. Wound up ranting about how bad New Year's resolutions are and to why and why you should just stay true to yourself. If you're making money, great. If you're not, do it because you're losing money, not because the calendar has turned to January 1st. I think that that's something very important. And we are now taking a look at all these games that we've got for New Year's on the college football slate. We're going to be going next with what we're going to be seeing out there in the Citrus Bowl as we wind up going Iowa versus Kentucky. Kentucky has find themselves a three-point favorite. And your total on this game is 44. When it comes to the total, I really don't have as much on the totals when it comes to these games as I do the sides. But if I'm looking at anything, I'm going to be taking a look at the over of 44. I think that we've just gotten down a little bit too low because this is an Iowa defense that they now have given up 21 plus points in each out of their last four games. And the offense has scored 27 plus points in three out of those four as well. So we have been able to see a little bit of a coming out party with regards to them. Meanwhile, you take a look at Kentucky and this has been a relatively solid defense, but what I think is going to be really fascinating is what Iowa winds up doing at quarterback. You've got Spencer Petraeus along with Alex Padilla, and they are both guys that wound up starting this season. It has been to be determined as who's going to be going, and really neither of these guys are necessarily too good. You are banking on the running game of Iowa, and you're betting on the defense here. You're really not betting on either of these guys. I mean, it's literally like the Spider-Man gif of them pointing at each other. That's these two guys as quarterbacks. So I would say that 
If you're waiting on this decision, it should make absolutely no difference to the line whatsoever. But I think we could wind up seeing a situation in which we wind up seeing one guy play in the first half, one guy play in the second half. So I don't think that that's necessarily too big of a deal. You just want to be really trying to avoid any last-second opt-outs, any COVID-19 information. And it does appear as though you are going to be having a few guys that wind up sitting out of this game. We all know about Tyler Goodson. He is the main running back of Iowa Someone who wanted racking up four and a half yards per carry, 11 and a half, or 1,151 yards overall this season. He is going to be out of the fold. And then you've got quite a few DBs. We're going to be out like Xavier Williams, Sherry Roberts. So that is going to be hurting this team a little bit. And you are going to be most likely without on the flip side for Kentucky, Josh Pascal, a guy that was able to give you five sacks, was really one of the key cogs for this team up front, a guy that wound up actually having four sacks in the last three weeks for Kentucky. He is going to be out of the fold. So you've got major guys we're going to be out the fold on both sides for this team meanwhile you do take a look at Kentucky and it's been a team that has always been able to do a solid job of moving the ball on the ground not necessarily through the air you take a look at Will Levis he has been able to give you right around 23 touchdowns but the 12 interceptions is really really bad and this is an Iowa team that they do a relatively solid job of being able to force turnovers maybe they will do it time and time again this is a Kentucky team that they wind up coming in firing all cylinders. They wind up winning each other the last three games, but this seems to be taken with a little bit of context. They wind up knocking out Vanderbilt, the Harvard of the South when it comes to academics. Certainly not a Harvard-level football team with regards to old Harvard. New Harvard, they would probably be able to beat. They wind up knocking off New Mexico State as well. Legitimately a bottom 10 team in all of college football and Louisville. A team that is currently known for basketball, not necessarily so much for football, ever since Lamar Jackson wound up leaving. You've got Chris Rodriguez, a guy that will be able to do a good job of being able to carve up defenses all season long, right around 1,200 yards from everything I've seen. He has not opted out, so you've got to be expecting him to be in the fold for Kentucky in this one. Meanwhile, for Iowa, even though Goodson is going to be out of the fold, I do think that this is a team that's still going to be looking to move the ball on the ground, and Iowa, they manufacture typically running backs that do solid in college, and then they're guys like Sean Green, and they just don't wind up developing in the NFL. But in college, they're really, really good. So I think that you're still going to be fine with regards to the rushing attack of this team. you got to figure that Gavin Williams is going to be taking a lot of the bulk of the carries for the team, along with Ivory, Kelly Martin. Both of these guys wind up seeing right around 45, 50 carries during the season. Both guys give you right around four yards per carry. So I do think that Iowa is still going to be trying to attack the defense in this way and you do have a guy in Sam Laporta who on the outside has been able to do a solid job he and Keegan Johnson have been the main wide receivers for this team with Johnson being more of a home run hitter Laporta is more of a guy that winds up moving the change and for Iowa despite the fact that the secondary is going to be a little bit depleted you still have a lot of guys who are going to be in the fold on this front seven and this was an Iowa team that generated 24 interceptions during the season that has won the top marks in all of college football. I do think that they're going to be able to force Kentucky into turnovers. I just think that this is a Kentucky team that they're going to lose the game with regards to turnovers because this is just a team in which, in general, they haven't been able to do a great job of being able to take care of things. So I think that this is going to be a tad bit of an issue for Iowa. Like I said, if I'm looking at anything with regards to total, I am going to be taking a look at the overall a little bit more just because I do think that we've gotten so gosh darn low when it comes to this thing. But when it comes to Iowa, despite the fact that we have seen the opt-outs, despite the fact that we have Tyler Goodson, who's going to be out of the fold, I still think that they're going to be able to move the ball on the ground, which is why I'm taking a look at them on the money line. You're finding this right around plus 125, plus 130. I think that you've got some relatively solid value there. We've also got some value when it comes to Utah versus Ohio State game. With Ohio State, 
They wind up opening up more around about a seven-ish point favorite. This line has crashed down because a lot of the main wide receivers for this Ohio State team have opted out. Now you're seeing this line more around a three and a half to a four, and your total on this game is 64. And I still like Ohio State in this game. You are still going to be having the star-studded player in C.J. Stroud who wound up throwing for 38 touchdowns and five interceptions. He has been absolutely magnificent for Ohio State. Now, when it comes to Ohio State, it's going to be a little bit tougher because Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, they are not going to be in the fold. And then you are also going to be seeing a little bit more on the defensive side of things. Haskell Garrett not be in there. A guy that was able to give you five and a half sacks, not necessarily a guy that wound up having a bunch of tackles or anything like that, but just a general clogger for Ohio State, for lack of a better term. Meanwhile, you do have a Utah team that they were able to do a great job on the ground, especially towards back half of the season. You take a look at what you were able to get out of Tavion Thomas and he was really able to carve up some defenses late in the season. He wound up having, I kid you not, four multi-touchdown games in the final five games of the season. And this is a guy in that five-game stretch. He wound up being able to put up 14 touchdowns. That is absolutely ridiculous. But I do think that Ohio State, despite the fact that they do wind up losing a little bit on that front seven with regards to opt-outs, are going to be able to do a good job there. And then you've got Cameron Rising, who was able to throw for 18 touchdowns, five interceptions, a guy that has been just doing, in general, a good job of being able to take care of the ball. That is until the final two games. He did wind up throwing a combined three interceptions in those games, and I do think that that's going to be a little bit of an issue. He's a guy that has completed 63.5% of his passes or fewer in each of the last five games. You've still got a very good Ohio State secondary with darn near all their pieces still out there. When it comes to Ohio State, I mentioned the opt-outs with regards to wide receivers, but Jackson Smith and Jiba, it looks like he's still going to be out there. He's still going to be performing for the team, a guy that racked up over 1,200 yards and 100 plus yards in each of the last four games that he wound up playing in. So he has certainly been able to do a great job and really became the main target for this team. Nine plus catches in the last four games of the regular season for him. So CJ Stroud saw as him and well, you still got the most important piece when it comes to Iowa State. CJ Stroud is going to be out there. So I do think that though the opt-outs for Iowa State, they do mean something. I still think that Ohio State is going to be able to get the job done. I still think that they've got more than enough offensive pieces. And I think that it's really interesting when it comes to the total because, I mean, we take a look at the Ohio State offense, one of the most high-powered in all of college football, but both of these defenses gave up between 20 and a half and 21 points per game. Utah really stepped up with their defense. They wound up giving up 13 points or fewer in four out of the last five games. But you take a look at some of that competition, an Oregon team that they just turned out to be frauds. I mean, we're just going to call it what it is. Oregon was able to knock off Ohio State this year, but they turned out after that game to be frauds. And then from there, you got Stanford, who. Boy, I mean, man, has that program fallen? Colorado, Arizona. Meanwhile, for Ohio State, when they did wind up facing off against better offenses, they did wind up not being able to step up to the plate. If I'm looking anywhere, I'm taking a little bit more of a look at and over, but I'm not really feeling as great about that. I do think that Ohio State still should be able to win this game by a touchdown plus, despite the opt-outs. So, so I'm going to be taking a look at Ohio State in this spot. Really, not as much with regards to the total. If you're looking anywhere, I'd be looking at the over, but really not as bullish on that as when it comes to the game that's going to be wrapping up the college football slate to be able to ring in the new year. That would be Baylor versus Ole Miss as we've got the All-State Sugar Bowl that is going to be going down. And this is another game with a relatively tight line with Ole Miss fighting them between one and one and a half point favorites. And your total on this game, you're getting it at a 57 and a half. This is a Baylor team in Dave Aranda, or this is a Baylor team that is coached by Dave Aranda that has been really, really good on the defensive side of things. I think that Dave Aranda 
has been getting more love from the national media, and rightfully so. He has done an absolutely tremendous job for this team. But the big thing for Ole Miss is that Matt Corral won the biggest stars in all of college football this year. He did not wind up opting out of this game. As a matter of fact, he seems very, very motivated for this game. I'm going to be diving into that next. I'm going to be re-racking my New York Post play today when it comes to wind up, what I'm going to be winding up giving out in college basketball. I'm just giving you guys what I like in general for this first day of 2022. We're going to be wrapping up the Greg Peterson experience with that next right here on VSIN Esports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Peterson himself on v the Sports Betting Network. Save 50% off a of v all-access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special. Get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every single game and sport on the schedule. And plus, you get our exclusive betting splits, showing you where the money is going on every single game. Sign up today, and you're going to be able to get our daily best bets, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our all-new college bowl betting guide covering every single bowl game on the slate. You get that all for $39 here at Beaston.com slash subscribe, as it is the final segment right here of the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson. And coming up after myself, you're going to be having Dave Ross with First Strike taking a look at the world of combat sports. going to be another fun one. Dave just does an absolutely terrific job, so... You're going to be in for a treat there to be a ring in 2022 here in this final segment. Going to give you guys what I like with regards to college football. And we're going to be going through my New York post play today. I wound up giving that out in hour number one. We're going to be refreshing it here in the final hour. But we left off talking about this Ole Miss versus Baylor game with right now Ole Miss finding themselves between a one and one and a half point favorite. And I do like Ole Miss in the spot now. I also do, if I'm liking any total, like this total under just because with Ole Miss, you did wind up seeing the offense throttle down a little bit towards back half of the season as the defense was really able to pick up some steam. 21 points or fewer, give it up in each out of the last four games. And you can tell that Matt Corral, it seemed like the injury that he wound up suffering towards the middle part of the season, it was nagging him a little bit. I think that we're going to see just peak Matt Corral in this game. His offensive line has done a great job of being able to protect him as well. He has been sacked two times or fewer in each out of the last five games. Twice will only happen once. So one sack in four out of the last five games. So he was able to do a solid job there. Now, when it comes to Baylor, it's an interesting defense in that they do a great job really in all facets of it. This is a team that they do a good job of being able to bottle up 
any team through the air. They wind up being able to come up with some turnovers. So they've been able to do a solid job there. You've got a good front seven when it comes to this team as well. I think that Dave Aranda has done an absolutely terrific job of being able to put that together. And when it comes to Baylor, Baylor, Abram Smith has been someone that has been absolutely tremendous for this team. Right around 6.2 yards per carry. A guy that doesn't necessarily catch the ball a lot out of the backfield. So he is a little bit one-dimensional in that aspect. But you take a look at how he wound up ending the season. And he wound up having some shaky performances as he averaged fewer than four yards per carry in each out of the final three games of the season. But Baylor, as we remember, they were able to pull off that nice win against Oklahoma State. So that was very beneficial for them. Now, when it comes to Baylor, I do think that this is a team that they are going to be able to hold up on defense slightly. And I do think that Ole Miss, they are going to be able to rattle what you're going to be seeing out of Baylor as well. This is a Baylor team that they had a little bit of musical quarterbacks with Jerry Bohannon being in and out of the fold, did not wind up playing in that final game against Oklahoma State. So that makes things all the more intriguing for Baylor with Baylor. I mean, when it comes to aerial attack, they're not necessarily utilizing that as much as much as Abram Smith who has been able to do an absolutely tremendous job when it comes to the ground game. And I will say for Blake Sheppin, who wound up stepping in in that Oklahoma State game, five touchdowns and zero interceptions, completing 72% of his passes. So able to do a rock solid job there. Now doesn't necessarily have as great of wheels as Jerry Bohannon. So you wind up losing that aspect of it as Bohannon, when he's been out there, has been able to rack up nine yards on the ground. But with this Ole Miss team, I do think that they are also going to be looking a little bit more to the ground. Obviously, Matt Corral has done a great job for this team. But behind them, you do have a guy that averages right around six-ish yards per carry in Jerron Ely. Ely was able to do a solid job towards back half of the season as well. He wound up having a nice two-touchdown game when they needed him against Liberty, when they needed him to be a little bit of a bow call against Texas A&M. He wound up having 24 carries in that game as well. So he has proven that he is able to get the job done. And the main wide receiver for Matt Corral all season long, a little bit of an interesting guy into Terry Drummond. He should be out there for this game. As far as I saw, he was not one of the opt-outs. Wound up having 14 catches in the Egg Bowl against Mississippi State. Helped lead the team to victory there. I do like what he's able to present for this team when it comes to Baylor. I do think that it is going to be a team in which they're going to be able to do a solid job on defense. I just don't know if they're going to be able to generate as much on offense. And when it comes to Ole Miss, we always talk about how great the offense is. With regards to defense, they've been able to do an okay job through the air. Now, ground game has not necessarily been so great for them, but you did wind up seeing them be able to correct a lot of those issues towards the back half of the season. I think that the momentum that the Ole Miss defense was able to gain towards the back half of the season, it is going to translate in this game. So I do take a look at this Ole Miss team. I do think that they should be able to get it done. And if I really like any total on the board here, it is the under in this game of anywhere between 57.5 and 58. And what I always like is being able to give out something for the New York Post as well. They always have me give out a play when it comes to college basketball, when it's in season. When it comes to baseball season, I've got you covered there. Hopefully, 2022 winds up seeing a full baseball season. So we're going to hope and pray there. I'm not going to speculate on anything because, well, you just never know what happens with regards to those negotiations. But what I do know is that we've got a great college basketball board for Saturday, and there's a game that I'm taking a look at when it comes to the Big 12. Obviously, the undefeated game between Iowa State and Baylor is a big one. I do like the points when it comes to Iowa State. Don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off outright, but that's not what I wanted writing up for the New York Post. What I did wind up writing up is one of the games that wound up getting added very, very late. That would be 735-736. Kansas taking on George Mason. George Mason find themselves a 19 to a 19 and a half point underdog with your total on this game, 145 and a half. 
Now, when it comes to Kansas, they've actually been tied for second with regards to overrated in all of college basketball. They and a few others have had 80% of their games wind up going over the total, so they've been really good in that aspect. But take a look at George Mason. I think that they're catching a couple too many with 19. This was a game that was added a little bit later on in the slate. You may recall George Mason was supposed to play a little bit of an impromptu game against Wisconsin. That wound up having the kibosh pulled on it at the last minute. That was not necessarily too fun, but... I think that George Mason is going to be relishing this opportunity. Keep in mind, Kim English, the coach of George Mason, he actually used to play over at Missouri. Back when Missouri was a part of the Big 12, his Missouri team never wound up going to Lawrence and wound up getting the outright win. And I don't think that George Mason is going to be able to get the outright win. But I've set this line more around a 12 to a 12 and a half. So I do think that there's good value here with George Mason catching the points. With George Mason, what they've done a very good job of is being able to limit second chance opportunities. About 19% of opponents' misses wind up getting rebounded. That's in the top 10 in all of college basketball. And this is a Kansas team that they haven't necessarily been as sound on defense as they've been in past years. They're a team that they rank outside the top 100 in both two-point and three-point shooting defense. Meanwhile, George Mason, this is a team that they excel at being able to get points off of made three-pointers. Over 40% of their points do come off of made threes. That is in the top 30 in all of college basketball. Got a guy in Deshaun Schwartz who winds up coming in from Colorado. He's been able to shoot about 37% from three. Six foot seven combo players been able to give you right around 15 points per game. Joshua Duru down to low, right around 16 and a half points. Seven and a half rebounds has been rock solid for this team. Gives you right around a block per game. And when it comes to this Kansas team, they're relatively south down low, but Jalen Wilson, someone who wanted missing the first three games of the season due to a DUI suspension, just hasn't necessarily been able to get it going for the team. David McCormick was thought to be one of the marquee guys for the team as well. He hasn't necessarily been able to do the world's greatest job either. He hasn't lived up to his billing. I do think that George Mason is going to be able to exploit that a little bit. And when it comes to George Mason, you do have a guy in Devon Cooper who winds up coming in for more, I'd say, and he's been terrific for the team. A guy that's been able to shoot right around 78.5% the free throw line, 39% for three. And though George Mason only shoots as a collective right around 78% at the free throw line, you've got out of your top four scores, three of them making at least 78.3% of their free throws. So the guys that are going to be out there trying to shoot some of those free throws. They have been able to do a solid job there. You've also got a guy they like in Xavier Johnson, who's been able to do a good job of being able to dish out the ball. Four and a half assists to right around two turnovers per game. So has been relatively efficient there. Not necessarily a guy that is able to shoot a great from three-point range. And with George Mason, they are not necessarily a team that has a ton of depth, but they've been able to do a good job of being able to play at a mid-tempo. Not necessarily super fast, not necessarily super slow. So for the New York Post, I did wind up giving out George Mason as the underdog catching the points of right around 19 to 19 and a half, depending on where this winds up landing overnight. I want to say my line at 12 and a half. When it comes to total, take a look at the over, set this total at 148 and a half. I do think that both offenses are going to be relatively efficient, and we've been hitting on these in the final hour. Just what I do like with regards to the college football slate. Wound up just mentioning a few minutes ago what I do like in the last game, Ole Miss versus Baylor. Looking at Ole Miss laying a point in that game, I do think that they should be able to get it done. You're going to notice all sides really not as bullish on the totals, but if I do like a total for this college football Saturday to be able to ring in the new year, I do sort of like that under in Ole Miss versus Baylor. I'm willing to lay the points when it comes to Iowa State. This is a line that while I was taking a look at it with three, now we're seeing mostly fours. Either a three and a half or a four is going to work. This is taking into account all the opt-outs with regards to the receiving core of Ohio State. So have no fear there. We do like a couple of money line underdogs. I think that Iowa, despite the fact that they're not going to have their main running back and Tyler Goodson out there, should be able to get it done against a Kentucky team that 
They, I just have a lot of question marks when it comes to them. Iowa, a team that wound up getting 24 interceptions during the regular season, despite the fact that they're a little bit bludgeoned with regards to injuries and opt-outs with regards to defense. Still should be able to get the job done. Notre Dame, I think, is going to be all sorts of amped up for this game against Oklahoma State. I want to take this at minus one. Now you're finding out as a pick so even better there. And when it comes to Penn State, despite the fact that they wound up having a couple opt-outs of their own, especially on that defensive side of the ball, I think that they should get it done against an Arkansas team that I didn't like what I wanted seeing from them towards the back half of the season. So that's what I like. That's what I like for the seniors. Hopefully I can make the first day of the year a very profitable one. So we're going to try to do that. And coming up next, you've got First Strike with Dave Ross. That is coming up right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. <laughs> 